Good morning and welcome to Simply Science. It's Saturday, February 17th. On today's show, a Chinese team uses data and AI to predict dementia 15 years before onset, while Chesapeake dominates the top three spots in the county science fair. Plus, we'll take a look at the Israeli scientist who is growing testicles in a lab. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with an intriguing development in the field of dementia research. Chinese scientists are leveraging a massive data bank and AI in a bid to predict dementia up to 15 years before symptoms start. They've identified key plasma biomarkers for future dementia prediction using a database of over 50,000 people. Here with us to delve deeper into this is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this research and its significance? Certainly, David. The researchers used the UK Biobank cohort, which enrolled more than 50,000 people aged 40 to 69 and had a median follow-up period of 14 years. They identified proteins linked to a risk of developing different types of dementia, and with the help of AI, they created a predictive model to assess disease risk. How does the use of AI factor into this research? The use of AI was crucial to the success of this research. The machine learning algorithm was used to determine which of the proteins created a better prediction model and checked it against the biobank data that showed which subjects had developed dementia. The AI had powerful pattern recognition and prediction capabilities, allowing for more efficient screening of the large-scale dataset. What are the potential applications of this research? There's no cure for dementia, so understanding if a person could develop it might allow for early diagnosis and intervention. The team's predictive model shows promise for being able to provide an accurate prediction of future dementia even more than 10 years before the diagnosis. Compared with imaging scans or spinal taps used to screen people for disease risk, their method could also offer considerable cost benefits. What were some of the challenges the team faced during this study? Studying proteins in the blood systematically proved to be difficult due to technical constraints and a lack of comparison methods. Also, more than 90% of the biobank cohort was made up of subjects of white ethnicity and therefore not representative of the world. The proteins examined also do not involve the entire human proteome. What are the next steps for this research? The team is now conducting research on a cohort of Chinese, which would allow them to examine similarities and differences with the British-based database. They're also using the biobank to examine other brain-related conditions, such as depression and Parkinson's disease. Their work so far has provided clues for the development of new treatments and intervention strategies. That was Bella, our Simply Science reporter, bringing us a significant development in dementia research. Now, let's shift our focus to some young achievers. Chesapeake Middle School has swept the top three spots in the Lawrence County Science Fair, with the first place winner achieving a perfect score. The winners were announced at a reception at Ohio University Southern. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this achievement? Certainly, David. The first place was won by Keegan Robinson, a sixth grader from Chesapeake Middle School. 
His project titled Just Breathe, Is Vest Best, earned him a perfect score from the judges, a first in the history of the fair. Robinson, who was participating in the fair for the first time, expressed his shock and happiness at the win. That's quite an achievement. And what about the other winners? Chesapeake Middle School dominated the fair, taking the top four overall awards. Indy Hutchinson came in second place with the Big Bubble Experiment, and third place went to Braydon Teague for his project, Which Milk Spoils the Fastest? Teague's project involved leaving out three different types of milk for one and a half weeks and observing them for signs of spoilage. His hypothesis that whole milk would spoil first proved correct. Interesting. And what about the other awards? There were several awards by grade and category. For instance, in the fifth, sixth grade category, the top four spots were taken by students from Chesapeake Middle School. In the category awards, students from Chesapeake Middle School and Burlington Elementary School took home prizes in fields ranging from animal science to energy chemical. What's next for these young scientists? Students who earned a rating of excellent or higher can compete in the district science fair, which will take place on March 23rd at Rio Grande University. This year, every participant in the county fair earned that distinction, so we can expect to see these young scientists continue to impress. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks for that report, Michael. In other scientific breakthroughs, Dr. Nitsan Gonin, an Israeli scientist, is making strides in the field of reproductive health by growing artificial testicles in a lab. This development could potentially offer a solution for infertile men. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about Dr. Ghanan's work? Absolutely, David. Dr. Ghanan is leading this groundbreaking research at Barilan University's nanotechnology building. The work involves the cultivation of artificial testicles in a low-temperature refrigerator. These are stored in a transparent plastic box, divided into three sections, with a few whitish spots visible in each section. That's fascinating. But how exactly does the process of growing these artificial testicles work? The specifics of the process haven't been detailed in the article, but it's safe to assume that it involves complex biological and nanotechnological procedures. The ultimate goal is to create functional artificial testicles that could potentially help infertile men. And what's the potential impact of this research on the field of reproductive health? If successful, this research could be a game changer. Infertility is a significant issue affecting many men worldwide. The development of functional artificial testicles could provide a solution for these individuals, opening up new possibilities in the field of reproductive health. While we continue to monitor Dr. Ghanan's progress in his fascinating research, let's shift our focus to another intriguing study. A meta-analysis of 80 papers published in 2021 has provided some clarity on the varying effects of cannabis suggesting that a user can remain impaired for between 3 and 10 hours, depending on factors such as the method of consumption and the strength of the cannabis. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent, Celeste. That's right, David. This research is significant as it can help inform advisory information given to patients using cannabis for medical purposes, assist recreational users in making safer decisions, and aid in updating laws to better reflect the reality of cannabis impairment. Can you explain a bit more about how this research was conducted? Certainly. The research team, 
led by University of Sydney nutritionist Danielle McCartney, conducted a meta-analysis. This involves reviewing and analyzing relevant scientific literature, cross-referencing the results to arrive at a finding based on a broader array of methodologies and subjects than a single study could cover. In this case, the team referenced 80 separate studies into impairment from tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, the intoxicating compound in cannabis. And what were the key findings from this meta-analysis? The research found that the duration of impairment depends on three main factors. The strength of the THC dose, whether the cannabis was inhaled or taken orally, and whether the person is an occasional or regular user of cannabis. For instance, impairment may last up to 10 hours if high doses of THC are consumed orally. However, a more typical duration of impairment is four hours when lower doses of THC are consumed via smoking or vaporization and simpler tasks are undertaken. What about regular users of cannabis? How does their experience differ from occasional users? Interestingly, regular users of cannabis can build up a tolerance and perform better at cognitive tasks than occasional users after consuming the same amount. This makes it difficult to predict how much cannabis is going to impair a regular user or for how long, since they may take higher doses to reach the same level of intoxication as an occasional user. How can this research be applied to real-world situations, such as driving under the influence of cannabis? The findings suggest that most driving-related skills could return within five hours after inhaling cannabis, although this time may vary. More research will need to be conducted into these time intervals for regular users in order to better characterize the effects of THC across the board. Once this is done, the information can guide legislation. Thanks to Simply Science reporter Celeste for shedding light on that crucial area of research. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>